Hey, massage friends. Welcome back to the Massage Therapy Podcast. I'm Nicole Andrews, registered massage therapist and medical acupuncturist, and I'm here with... I'm Heather, registered massage therapist with a background in kinesiology, and we're here with a third person virtually. Um, They're calling us all the way from Australia today. We feel a little special. (laughs) Um, So they reached out to us to discuss a topic that they're really well versed in in a very specific technique and they just want to share their love of this with the world um from what i understand they work with other therapists massage therapists chiropractors um in australia and maybe beyond australia we'll maybe get into that um teach them this technique so before i get any deeper into this i'm gonna welcome paula to the massage therapy podcast thank you for joining us Thank you, Heather. Thanks, yeah. girls. Very yeah. excited to be here. Oh, wonderful. So it looks like uh, I can see in the video here, it's a pretty nice sunny day over there. It's beautiful. It's um, 10 a.m. in the morning here. I'm drinking a an iced long black coffee. Many nice. people look at nice. that because it looks very much like a rum and coke. <laughs> and yeah. it is 10, which, yeah, but, uh, yeah no, no, uh, it's coffee. <laughs> But it's it's really blowy over here, so it's winter for us right now. It's a it's a middle of winter in Brisbane, and it is um it's about fourteen degrees centigrade. Okay, yeah. In the middle of our winter, yeah. Nice. So I don't know what that means for Canada, but it's that's like a quite good embarrassing fall spring, spring day. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but I know um I, I don't know if I've ever shared this. My brother in law, he's Australian. So we've talked a lot about the weather and stuff, but he did just say that even though you might be 14, 15 in your winters, but like your evenings get very, pretty cold, pretty cold there. Yeah. Yeah. So, Eight. yeah. Well, if he's, but if he's, if he's in somewhere like Melbourne, yeah. south, it's much colder. Brisbane is yeah. kind of, if you think about, um, people hear about the Gold Coast mm-hmm. where I'm kind of near there. So we're about an hour from the beach. Oh, uh, nice. from the, the islands and right now the um the whales are coming up the side of of us so you can go out and jump onto a boat uh and and have the whales swimming up towards harvey bay to have their babies and then they'll be coming down they're actually starting to come down now with their with the pods and the, the calves mm-hmm. and the, the mothers and teach the calves how to to do their tail flapping so they 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 stop and they flip their tails and they breach oh. and they jump or they lie sideways and they do this little oh, flipping. That's it's so very cool. cool. Oh, winters here are yeah. not that cool. <laughs> no. <laughs> they're not. <laughs> Just a lot of snow and ice. <laughs> well, I'm sure we could probably yeah. do an entire episode on you just telling us about Australia and it yeah, would be we could do that. so interesting. But let's get into it. So let's start, Paula. Why don't you give us a little bit of a background on you and maybe how you arrived at where you are today? Sure. Thanks so much for inviting me along too, even though I was a pushy Aussie and asked to get to come and <laughs> no. you girls. No, no. Um, so my name's Paula Nutting. I'm a musculoskeletal therapist and I did a degree in health science and musculoskeletal therapy. Before that, I was a massage therapist and um, did my diploma in, in remedial massage. In Australia, we're lucky enough to have what we call a health training package, which means that I, I can learn the same skill sets, whether I'm in Perth or Darwin or Brisbane or Canberra. So it means that we don't we can travel across our country and treat patients and clients and still have the same health funds and still have the same 
um, oh. um, rebates, etc., which is mm-hmm. much easier than you guys over there. In the yes. States. Yeah, God we're getting there. But... They, I'll make the chat. Yeah, and, and I was actually in, I was on the board of directors for Massage and Myotherapy Australia, which used to be the old AAMT, mm-hmm. and we were really strong affiliates with the um, National Health Practitioners of Canada. Ah. So I was great friends with Colleen McDougall and Lisa Belmore and Paul McCann and uh, Paul Buffle and all those guys. And we were doing a lot of work to try to get the governance so that you guys could come to us and we could go to you. But it just was too difficult with the with the arrangements between your 200 to 2,000 hours of training versus, yeah. you know, and some 600, et cetera. Anyway, so I've been involved in the in the health arena since 2003 really wow and prior to the diploma I did my I was doing um, a certificate four in personal training and, and group fitness and before that I was a registered nurse with eight years of intensive care experience so I've been involved in the health industries both allopathic with our medicine and then uh, complementary health in this so I've been lucky enough to be asked to teach at different colleges and courses and um, it got me to where I am today. So I had a foundation in, in education. But before that, I was just a dumb kid at school. Like <laughs> I was a kid that played softball, didn't actually do much home study. So it just means that if you're passionate, if you're listening out there and you are passionate about doing something and you feel like you just don't have the skill sets, you do. Mm-hmm. They just didn't teach you in the right way. Yep. And that's yes. the problem. School education is, is daft, really. Yeah. Yes. When you think about it. Oh, like, yes. <laughs> how, how many people who are great therapists were crappy at school? 100%. Most so, of the great ones, actually, yeah. right? Because <laughs> they're usually yeah, the ones yeah, questioning. Most, yes. <laughs> yeah. And we're the ones who've got tactile senses. Our, yes. our hands are the things that listen most. So we listen with our hands. And then we listen with our heart and we listen with our head. And it probably goes in that order because you, you've got this. Um, I've been, I first started massaging in 1994 when you guys were probably born. <laughs> uh, we're a little bit before then, <laughs> but we were pretty young. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you would have been babies. And, and I always say to people when I'm teaching that we have a body of knowledge. Every time we put our hands on somebody's skin and muscle and tissue and we mold it and move it with our hands we get information that comes into our brain and it's like a giant rhodiodex of information so i can sit there and put my hand on on somebody's tissue and there'll be an intuitive practice that my brain has gone i felt this tissue before i felt this response this was the outcomes when i did this maneuver and it all happens in in a beat of a heart so we actually the our, our, the practice that we do is not voodoo and it's not witchcraft and it's not you know wah wah. It's because we have got this skill set that we've built through tactile sense, and people don't get that that the 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 power that remedial massage and massage therapists and myotherapists and musculoskeletal therapists have for their clients and patients is far greater than anyone has probably really valued before oh 100% agree we um I can't say how many times Nicole and I have probably done this in treatment I know 
that um, a new person coming in, we've gone through all of our health history, we've maybe done some orthopedic testing, and then they're kind of like, well, what is it? Now, first of all, we're not allowed to diagnose. But second, I'm like, that's only like part, a fraction of my assessment. I need to get my hands on you to be able to know what we're dealing with, what's going on, what muscles are tight, what might be short, and I can build a better treatment plan and even give you a better idea of like, okay, how much did did your tissues change in this treatment? Then that will know, let me know when I can see you again. You know what I mean? So I 100% Mm -hmm. agree with what you're saying, Paula. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I often tell clients no idea. (laughs) Yeah. And you listen to what they're saying and you, and you watch what they're doing. Like keep your eyes aware of twitching somewhere or an eye an eye that might go up to the side and, and you'll be like doing something and stop and go, okay, what's happening there? Like mm-hmm. where's your head gone right now? And and uh, and then we just get we that we get that body of knowledge as we're going through the treatment. Yeah. And we might do one, two, three, four, five sessions mm-hmm. with them and we'll have moved them forward years worth of what other people have been able to do. Mm-hmm. But back to the teaching kind of structure, I kind of went, okay, I know what's bad. Mm-hmm. I know what doesn't work. So which, when you know it doesn't work, then you can build on, on a way that does work. So I try to make sure that all of my elements of, of teaching, because I teach and train the Chapman's reflexes, or otherwise known as neurolymphatic point stimulation, and I'll kind of give a tiny bit of history if we've got time. Um, of course. But I like to make sure that people are either auditory visual kinesthetic uh visual digital they've got different learning styles so in any structure of teaching you've got to include all of those styles in there otherwise it just doesn't get to everybody so I make sure that um with the courses that i'm running in chapman's reflexes there's an option of face-to-face which is the easiest way because you can actually hand out pdfs they can watch uh, uh, death by powerpoint and you can walk around and talk and and demonstrate so the next best option is is the virtual lives, which is is as close as I can get to that, where we're pretty much doing exactly this and then I'm dropping in videos and then you've also got the paperwork that you can read through. So you can actually touch tactile paper and turn pages as well as look, as well as treat, as well as listen. So I think that, mm-hmm. that for therapists, we need to be able to learn in, in all of those modalities or all of those yes. um, understandings so that we can actually remember how to do that work when I'm not with you and you're with your patients or your clients yeah. in your clinical practice. Mm-hmm. So anyone who teaches by just solely death by PowerPoint, you've got to go. You've got to give good <laughs> feedback about how that won't work. <laughs> Absolutely. And move on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I can give you a little bit of history about what the Chapman's is, if you like. Yeah, yeah perfect. That, that was going to be your question. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, oh, what the hell are you talking about? Okay, I'm just going to grab my book. Um, because I noticed, like, Heather, you said that you are. That's the book. Not that anyone can see that, but I'm holding the Chapman's Reflex Manual by Perfect. Paula Nutting. Um, so you, you're a kinesiologist. Did you yes. apply kinesiology? Touch the um, health, which is the. Here is in Canada, different? or here in, I'm assuming Canada, I, but. A lot of the kinesiology is, um, it's not the applied kinesiology. Like I have a bachelor's and well, mine's in social science and kinesiology. That is a whole other story. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's not applied kinesiology. 
Okay. Yeah, because it's hard to know what the, what like where we where we're leaning towards when we're talking about it. So, Chapman's reflexes, which are neurolymphatic point um, stimulation. Frank Chapman was an osteopath in the nineteen thirties, twenties, and thirties, and which is why there's very little clinical research on the work. So he and his his wife and her brother Charles Owens, who we know we recognise that name from our textbooks. The three of them were all chiropractors and they all worked on, on um, visceral work with the body. And Frank worked, suddenly realised that when he could stimulate certain areas um, were superficially on the superficial fascia, um, there was these neurolymphatic points that were end points within the fascia that would become congested. When an organ wasn't functioning properly, they would these points would be more congested and tender to touch. So he would stimulate them just by like vigorous 30 seconds of active mm -hmm. movement of that, that superficial fascia and then retest motility of the organ and found that the organ had improved its, its motility, the congestion of the lymph around it had, had dissipated and it was a much more buoyant functioning um, organ. We moved down to 1950 oh, he, and he died quite young. So Charles Owens and his wife decided, and um, Frank's wife decided to call them Chapman's reflexes for him because of all the hard work he'd done. Mm -hmm. So that's, and I kind of hold that, the honour for the man by mm -hmm. keeping them, but the traditional is, is chat, uh, neurolymphatics. Um, George Goodhart in the 1950s was working on the viscera as well, and he found that, that to stimulate the, the stomach, the actual, the same point that he was stimulating was also affecting the clavicular head of the pec minor, uh, pec major. So he went, hang on, how can it stimulate the stomach and this muscle at the same time? So then he mapped through and worked out that every correlating uh, spinal reflex endpoint, neurolymphatic endpoint, actually has a muscle that it will strengthen and improve the quality of the neural drive to it. And then okay. that's where the work that I come through, it's work from there. So we've also got a fellow called Douglas Heal, who's an amazing practitioner in uh, South Africa, but I think he's South African slash uh, in London. He works from two areas. And he's developed a thing called MAT, Muscle Activation Technique, which was all about sports performance. Okay. So I'm not sports performance, but I had seen some of, of the the literature that he had and I thought, we could, we could adapt this to how we treat our clients and patients because we see people in defence all day. Mm -hmm. Anyone who comes into your clinic yes. is coming in with some level of defence, yeah? Yeah, oh, yeah. Automatically. Stress, and look at the stress now. Like, it's crazy out of control how much stress we have on our planet. At a oh, my gosh, yeah. Oh, gosh. Mm -hmm. Welcome to a pandemic, everybody. My partner was telling me, he was reading through some stuff this morning. He said in Russia they're getting 80 to 800 deaths a day oh my God. Oh my gosh. over there right now, which is just. Like, so to say you're not so under stress, stress is not accurate. <laughs> no. Yeah. Exactly. So when you think what happens when we're under stress, the first thing we do is we go into our fright and flight or we go into freeze depending on what model that you're looking at because we can go down that the uh, Porges theory with that reptilian freeze. 
Um, but just keeping it simple, fright and flight. The first thing we do is we hold our breath and we tuck in at the diaphragm. Mm -hmm. So the diaphragm is our, our primary postural muscle that's going to get oxygen down for us. Mm -hmm. So what are we doing? We're reducing our oxygen consumption to glutes. Um, almost all of our postural muscles, our type 1 muscles have, you know, we've got our phasic and we've postural. So the postural are now going down with the oxygen. Yep. So we then need our phasic muscles to do the jobs that the postural muscles don't do. So then we have patients who come in to see us with one shoulder slightly elevated, uh, rotations, side bends, lower back pain, pain through shoulder ranges, all those things because the body's trying to do tasks. It's still got to hang washing out. It's still got to put a bra on. It's still got to pull yep. pants up. And if, if the postural muscles aren't going to work, the phasic muscles are going to do it and they don't sit exactly you're not going to have the same range of movement when a phasic muscle is going through a range versus a postural muscle if it's it's the synergist mm -hmm. it's not the actual ag agonist it's not the one that's the main mover it's the yeah. assisted mover and over time we get problems so if we come back and we look at the model of of using um the diaphragm to increase our quality of oxygen we can find the neurolymphatic points for the diaphragm, which are resting along the sternum, and we can stimulate those points to increase the neural drive to the diaphragm. And then we can get people to breathe through their diaphragm 30, you know, I say 10 breaths, which is about two minutes, mm -hmm. to, re, to reboot the relaxation system. So we're going to get the, our relaxation process going again to get out of fright and flight and get into our serotonin and our dopamine, all those lovely neurotransmitters that calm yes. us down. And then we have someone who we can get on the table and work beautifully with. So that's, that's, it's, a, it's as simple as working through something, um, as simply as just starting with the diaphragm and doing whatever you want. But in actual fact, what I do with, with the Chapman's reflexes is that we then look at what else is going on. So diaphragm's off, we look at the top of the core, means that we're then going to come down to the base of the core, which is going to be our, our pelvic floor, gluteus maximus, psoas, hamstring links. So that is, that's what I'm going to go and play with you girls right now. And anyone who's listening, they can have a bit of a crack at this at home. So what I want you to do is if you guys can, um, can you test hamstring length between the two of you? If one of you lies on the ground, can the other one just check how long the hamstrings are? We can probably yeah, we figure can something out. Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. We're not a video podcast, so people aren't going to mind if we disappear. <laughs> Here, I'll lay down. You want to lay down? I'm literally yeah. laying down in our on office right now. <laughs> this is a photo moment, right? It is. We should take a photo. All right, Absolutely. let's do this without destroying the mic. Okay. Right. <laughs> oh, my leg there. Wait. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, we're down here. I thought we should be. Am I supposed to be supine or prone? Supine, right? Oh, please be supine. Oh, yeah. yeah. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> Leah, lie your back. Okay, here we go. That's when patients come and you see them, they get on their bellies and get yeah. no, no, flip. Okay, so testing okay, hands we'll length. Perfect work. And she's right. probably, hopefully she's got one that's a little bit tighter than the other. 
And then we're going to have a look and see how strong her. Yeah. How tight? How tight is she, Nicole? She, I don't know. She's doing all right. I, I will admit that I am, I'm rehabbing an SI injury right now, so I've been doing a lot of stretching. <laughs> Excellent. All right. We'll get her to bend her, get her to, get her to bend a knee, and put okay. a foot on the ground. Okay. And we're going to do a, a glute strength test. So put right. your hand underneath a heel. And then, oh, I know. Really? Heather, you're going to try to keep your foot on the ground, and Nicole, you're going to try to pull the heel off the ground. All right. So, All right. You ready? You're going to push? Yep. Okay. Ready? One, two, three. <laughs> so she's got no okay. strength there, right? Yeah, you can feel me a little bit Okay. All right. So jump back so I can, I can see you girls, and I can show you where I want you to rub. All right. All right. I'll take a I'll watch through the process. All right. She's right there. There we are. Yeah, excellent. Okay, so two things. We test the hamstrings when we're looking at our pelvic stability because if the glutes are weak and the hip flexors are tight and not functioning properly, because we always know that they'll be strong in a short position, hip flexors, and then weak as they get longer if they're dysfunctional. So if you've got an agonist that's really, really strong, which is your hip flexor in short, position your glute max is going to be weak in long position yes. it's not going to be strong because it can't they can't work together so the then the pelvis becomes weak so the pelvis becomes um lax sij dysfunctions because the ilium start moving too much and then the hamstring tightens up because it's trying to stop the ilium going further into anteriorization that's the job so Please stop belting a muscle that's trying to do a job. It's doing it yeah. for a reason. So every time yes. you stretch the hamstring, the hamstring's going, hang on a minute. Don't you want me to stop the pelvis from going into anteriorization anymore? So what do you want me to do now? Because I'm trying to do what the body intuitively knows, and then mm -hmm. you are coming over the top and telling me what you want to do. <laughs> so the two points we're going to work on, one is to turn on just beside, there's your umbilicus, come yeah. to the side of the belly button by one centimeter and give it a rub right. you're going to do it now the side that you tested oh that is tender thank you very much <laughs> i bet is, is, is yours nicole or not so much mine's not at all but i've <laughs> been <Right>. fine <laughs> oh mine are tender yeah so you're right right beside yeah right beside them almost like you're going to fall into the belly button so we got 30 seconds of that and now when you're listening to this at home you can actually do this as well. So we're stimulating the neurolymphatic points, the arc for the hip flexors, psoas major, psoas minor, iliacus. Great. So now that we've done 30 seconds of that, we're going to do the stimulation points for the gluteus maximus because okay. we need the glute to work as well. I'm wearing my flash things because I just came from Pilates. <laughs> yeah. Vastus lateralis. Yep. Come a little bit more anterior to it so you're on the, the – your vastus lateralis, but not ITB. Okay. And give that a knuckle rub as well, all the way up and down. So we're right up the top near the greater trochanter, but inferior to it, you know, in front of it. How's that feeling for you, Heather? That, that one's not as tender as, uh, I will admit, the points on the abdomen felt like bruises. That's how tender <laughs> they were. Oh, yeah. 
Amazing. This is more and tender you can for me. All the way down to where it almost comes into the tendon attachment of the patella. All the way up and down. We got 30 seconds of that. And you'll be doing that same thing at home, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, <laughs> yes. so that's 30 seconds. Okay. I want you to retest both the glute strength and the hamstring length and let us know what they're doing. All right, all right, let's see. Okay. <laughs> Total we'll see interactive them. podcast. I love you it. All right, up all right. You should have set up the treatment. I know. <laughs> we should have known better. I probably all couldn't right, warn you. Let's do the just one leg. Both sides. All right, we did this side. So yeah, we'll we did this. All right, let's see. Oh, that's see better that? already. Wow. Whoa, that's by, by a lot, actually. <laughs> All right, okay. Now the glute chest. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. yeah. One, two, you ready? Go. Well, that's much better. Yeah. yeah, that's like a solid, I don't know, what, like 40, 50%? That's, like, yeah. Way. And I don't feel like I'm struggling as much to get that glute to activate. Yeah. You're not making the yeah. face. <laughs> You're not making the face to keep it down. Yeah. That's wild. Oops, it's just, wild, isn't it? Yeah. That is. That's your yeah. nervous system. That's cool. Mm -hmm. So right, what happens is that, remember, yeah, get yourself, don't, don't tangle yourself in all that. Yeah. <laughs> so you can what, go ahead. What, what we did, what we did is we turned on the neural firing patterns, so the nervous system for the two muscles that are going to support the lower part of the, you know, the pelvic stability hip flexion, hip extension. And I bet if Heather was walking around now, like just did like a walk around, she would feel totally different with that left leg to the right leg. Yeah, I do feel because like... the glute engaged. It feels different. I, I don't know how to explain how it feels different, but yeah, it does feel different. Once, mm. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it was a really interesting thing that you said that I didn't have to use my brain. I didn't have to think about holding the glute into mm -hmm. that contraction because your brain's not coming into the task right now. Mm -hmm. It has been removed from the process. So if we have to do movement and the correct muscles aren't working, we kind of go, okay, shoot, I'm going to come, I'm going to throw my shoulders over and I'm going to do it that way. Like the brain has to actually work through a task. Mm -hmm. If the if the, the reflex arc loop is working, the brain doesn't have to do that. So it's just gone, oh, you know, you can quite happily sing a song in a different <laughs> language i could teach you something else yes. and whilst your glute was holding still and that's when we've got patients that are on our table that we're treating them and that you watch their face like their eyes are come they're trying to find where do i remember this from before is it a new task stuff? so it comes back to us reading our clients and our patients on the table but, so that's what i do i teach how to get people firing um the, the lower body, the upper body, thoracic extension, anything that is going to close them down, we we teach there's 13 different pretty much muscle groups that we work to get you into beautiful thoracic extension, soft shoulders, nice comfortable necks, um, pelvic floor that stays up <laughs> instead of sags down. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, it, it helps with, with calves, shins ankles knee pathologies hip pathologies etc and it's simple because it's quick right yeah and it's easy it's soft it is yeah yeah i'm trying to think like if there would be any um population that this would be like contraindicated for 
and I can't really think of anything unless it's in an obviously extreme emergency situations like that you probably wouldn't even be practicing massage therapy for. But like, is there any any population that doesn't respond well to this? No, that's the thing. It's amazing because um, it it works for the aged. I use it for mm-hmm. kids, um, people that are high levels, really, really high high levels of anxiety. We would come down and just be doing the breath work, like stimulating the diaphragm. So if I get you right now, because you can do this with your own um, clients and patients at home, if you've got someone who's got a lot of stress, you just get them, if you feel down your sternum, right down to the bottom of the zippy sternum, actually take a few, just I want, before we start there, just take a breath in. And out, I just feel your engagement. Maybe rest your fingers on your scalenes and feel how much you're actually playing with those as well because we hope that we're not. <laughs> hope. <laughs> definitely <laughs> am. Uh, definitely am. <laughs> okay. So, so let's, let's come down between the breastbone, uh, between the, the, the nipples height that you would have been when you are about 13 years old, that, that you know, <laughs> Yeah. Fifth ribs, sixth ribs area. Come in there, stimulate, rub there, and then come all the way down to the zipoid process. That's so tender. That is tender. <laughs> yeah. Mine's yeah, not just, because I don't just... have because I know what I'm doing and I yeah, and I rub yeah. I rub myself 30 seconds every day. Heather and I are like wincing. Yeah. I'm like, no. <laughs> this is tender. <laughs> yeah. And look at you, Heather, you're barely touching. I am. Okay. <laughs> All right. So that's, All right. That's 30 seconds. Yeah. Now I want you to take some breaths again. You can even pop your fingers on your scalings if you like. You should feel your belly is just opening up in that space. Yeah, I feel like it's very small. Like changes, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Not very many people might know unless they like really know their body. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you have to have a real yeah. understanding of your body too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's I like it. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Like mine. <laughs> hmm. I still feel it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll work on that Nicole, one. Nicole, tell me where your shoulders are now, though. Yeah. Do you yeah. see that? You feel like. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I could feel it like as I yeah, sat that... back, like and down, because I, you watching me, you could see I was like all crunched up and like looking at the monitor, yeah, and like immediately they, I'm just like, oh, they've just dropped. They've just yeah. dropped literally two centimeters. Can, yeah, that's wild. I can see it in were. the video, the video of me of you all watching. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's cool. You should have taken some mm-hmm. more. And after I can probably get some screen grabs from the video well, recording. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be yeah, awesome. That, that's that's cool. amazing. So. It helps when someone's got stress. So if you know that somebody has got a little bit of anxiety going on, you can say, look, I just want you to get in here and rub that. If you can feel yourself getting into that anxious state, we want to get you into the relaxation response. We want to get you to rub through here and then take some diaphragmatic breaths. Uh, we can get them to rub into the jaw because there's some really cool areas for the jaw that, that uh, um, the you've got your neurolymphatic and you've got your neurovascular there's neurovascular up here that will also help with stress and relaxation so we're trying to find ways to assist people in everyday lives to 
get them into an area where they're using their oxygen driving muscles, their diaphragm and then their postural stabilizers, mm-hmm. and to feel safe and good about themselves. So that's what this is all about. And there may be like so it works with the aged, it works with with sports performance because Doug Hill was all over this with his his exercise and and uh, there there's a thing called RPR which is um, repetitive really like uh, performance reset reflexive performance reset and the guys are in a lot of the um, the universities universities and colleges in America mm-hmm. and they have the high performance sports teams and they use that which is pretty much Doug's stuff that they've taken across and uh, helping with with sports excellence I had a young boy one of my my really cool moment moments 13-year-old little Harry Briggs, shout out to Harry, he's probably about mm-hmm. 21 now. Mm-hmm. He was wanting to go in, into the, um, uh, what do they call it, cross country. Mm-hmm. So he was doing a 4K run. It actually might have been less. He, I think he started with the 1,500 and then he got built up to four. So 1,500 metres. And I got him to do wake up the his hip flexors, his glutes, his lats because you need them in running, quads, um, and tweaked a few other things and he had a three runs the first run he had a 14 second pb and then the next two he ended up with all up 22 seconds personal best with with doing that over three moves so to make 22 wow. seconds on on yeah. 1500 meters is a lot and he and he made the 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 metro team so oh, wow. his mum wrote what? me and said thank you so much he's the happiest little 14 year old on the planet right now oh that's so sweet so adorable oh my goodness so I wanted to go back um to the kind of the Mm -hmm. basics so you were saying so it's um uh, the neuro lymphatic is almost like a nodule that you're palpating it is that kind of accurate so is it kind of similar sorry to um yeah are all the points like, you know, the map of like my neuro lymphatic points be the same as Nicole's, be the same as whoever down the hall? Or is it kind of more like how trigger points show up that not everybody's is in the exact same spot, but everybody kind of has similar trigger point areas? Great question. Um, they are they are reproducibly mapped. So okay. The ones for the di- for, for the diaphragm will be all the way along the sternum, out onto the sternalis on that area. The areas for the gluteus maximus will be along the lateral border of the vastus lateralis. Um, the area for the abdominals are on the midline, like along the adductors. So they're reproducible. I can, I, which means that I can, I can teach you, and you can treat twenty people knowing that we've got the same spots. And I don't know if you can see there's a poster up there. A little bit, poster yeah. has got the, yeah, that's the, can you people see that out there? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so that that gives, the poster actually I designed because it says what's the, the strength test you do and then where is it that we rub so that, that, that I have clients and patients and so I'm going to take that as a little homework sheet and then they know where they're rubbing so just so we can give like a good like uh what I'm gathering is like for a treatment like this just so like people can understand like when you're doing a treatment 
Um, it's mm-hmm. uh, usually a strength test, and then you rub the area, and then you um, strength test it again, um, kind of idea, or strength yeah. or length test, or both kind of idea. Like, is that sort of how you do it for every segment that you're doing? Um, yeah. So the way I do it, because I've been doing it for a thousand years, is that I will, and and what I'd like to try to get people to understand. To, to be able to learn is that you'll come in, you'll have your, your client, client patient will sit down, you'll take their history, general assessment. Yeah. And before, I'll probably do some of the orthopedic tests if I'm really thinking like it's a really acute shoulder pathology and I want to work out whether we've got it's bursitis or tendon or, you know, like to work out something that's really specific. If there's someone who's coming in with just a global my next type in the mornings, my lower back sore. In the mornings, I get a little bit of pain down the lateral side of my leg. You know, that those vague things that 90% of them come in to see us. Mm-hmm. I'll say, listen, I'd really like to do just a couple of little strength tests on you to see if you've got muscles that aren't working properly. Because if then if you think about a garden hose, if I kink the garden hose at the back, how much water is getting to the lawn? And what's happening to the grass? So you don't really think about what's happening to the hose because the grass is going brown. And you come to see me with brown grass. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't come to see me because some monkey at the back end has kinked the hose. Yeah. So what I want to do is do you mind very much if I just check to see if you've got hoses that are kinked to the muscles to that because the hose is like a nerve. And yes. if I can unblock that that nerve, it will be the same as unkinking the hose and then you'll have this luscious, beautiful lawn which reproduces to luscious, beautiful muscles that don't feel pain. Are you okay with me doing probably about five minutes of muscle strength testing? Get their permission and then I go, let's test with the, the first for the diaphragm and I have to test it using a traditional Chinese medicine method. So we test for the balance of the TCM. And then I go through hip flexion, glute strength, because, as I said, start at the top, go to the bottom. And then I work through lateral strength. So have they got good strength through their lateral system? So we look at Tom Myers anatomy trains. Are they using their lateral glutes, abductors, adductors? Then I look at the functional back line. So is the lat dorsi strong? Because if the lat dorsi is short and weak because the muscles haven't got the neural drive to them, which is normally what happens, mm-hmm. they will have an unstable contralateral um, glute max area and then the piriformis tightens. And how many people come in with a tight piriformis that's complaining of stuff? And we spend out days shoving needles or elbows into a piriformis yeah, muscle that doesn't need it. It's yeah. terrible. It's just, oh, God, it drives me mad. It drives me absolutely mad. So the next person that comes in to see you with piriformis-type symptoms, I want you just to, if you could do nothing more than do a little strength test, see if they can actually hold their arm by their side while you push away from it and then stimulate the point for the the latissimus dorsi, which is just below the nipple, about... um, on the ribs around five, six, seven, eight, nine, that area through there, okay. and then retest to see if they can get up and move without that piriformis feeling so tight. And 90% of people, the piriformis will have cleared because the lat dorsi's got the right length, the lumbar sacral fascia is eased off, and the pelvis is moving cleanly. So it's, a, it's one of my big beefs. 
don't build <laughs> hamstrings, don't build piriformis. Yes. Um, so anyway, I've, I've digressed again. And then I look at thoracic extension, their capacity to be able to stand or lie down and supine and get their arms over their heads. We look to see if they've got good quality of movement through range of the shoulders and whether they're strong enough through their quadriceps, whether their calves are short, whether their tibialis anterior is, is um, functioning effectively because in gait we need a lovely clean line between the gastroxoleus and then the tibialis um, anterior and tibialis posterior. So they have to work nicely together. So it's all looking at, at Myers lines and functional movement. And then I stimulate the areas which the areas that might need work. So for when I'm teaching my, my students, I go, all right, all I want you to do is do the diaphragm and then maybe do what we did just before. Yeah. Make the chest the hamstring length, test the psoas strength, test the glute strength and stimulate whichever's weak on those. And then just get say, okay, my brain's my brain's had enough. I don't think I can remember anymore what Paula told me. So I'm just going to get you to get have a little walk around. How do you feel? You can change now. I'm going to wash my hands, come back, and we'll do the rest of the treatment. Oh, so you can put this stuff in first yeah. and then glide into your stuff. And then as you get more and more comfortable with it, you'll find that the entire testing and facilitation will take no more than 20 minutes. And then you've still got 40 minutes or whatever mm-hmm. where you can do your other bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. So it integrates beautifully into your current practice. I can see that. Yeah. And now is there... Did that answer the question? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You actually answered a question that I was going to... I had on the tip of my tongue too, but it also brought up another one. Um, so now they've, you know, you've done the treatment as you described, assessment, did some Chapman's, went into your treatment, and you go to send the client on their way for the day. Um, what types of home care would help support <laughs> you send them home with that? <laughs> yes. I send them home with a sheet of paper with the body parts on it and a little little side thing that says notes. And I send them home with I I, I failed kindergarten colouring in. So now I have blue I have lovely little markers because and then I mark the areas that I've just rubbed on them. Wow. So I'll draw down like a blue line down the centre of the sternum and put blue on the corner with the notes and then under it I'll say 10 deep breaths in through the nose, out through the mouth, feel the diaphragm. And then I'll do, say, in a different colour, draw on the belly button on the side of the legs and maybe behind underneath the nipple on one side um, and go, that's the second area that I want you to do. And we'll go through the area. So they get that and it says 30 seconds, vigorous, not hard, rubbing once a day so they've got the information that they can take home and I and I normally say stick that somewhere that you'll see it so it's either going to be beside your bed or it's going to be in the kitchen and you might what what I what we feel as human beings is you know like if you know that the alarm is set for 6 15 in the morning at probably about 6 12 your brain wakes up yeah. You go, oh, oh, I've got three <laughs> So that's when I say, unless you've got a, th- a two-year-old or under and they're running at you at 4.30. Um, yeah. <laughs> which my daughter has currently. So what I, I'd say, don't even open your eyes. Just without even opening your eyes, start rubbing down your sternum. Wake that area up. Take 10 breaths. 
and then come down to your belly button, stimulate your belly button. 30 seconds, come down and do your legs. And by that stage, your bladder said, hang on, um, <laughs> we need to talk. Yeah. So then you get up and do you go to the bathroom. And then from there, you might be sitting down, getting in, 30 seconds, rubbing through the diaphragm, like the, the lat post or the um, or the area for the lateral lateral sling or whatever else I'm asking. So you can actually stimulate most of those areas before you've actually um, fully dressed and gone out the door. Mm-hmm which is much better than 20 sideline clams three times a day that no one <laughs> yeah. ever does because they've also got 700 other things that they've given by their health practitioner. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm a less is more when it comes to home care type person. So mm-hmm. just more Thank so you, that um, my thing is to start, I'm only going to give you one or two exercises because I want to see how compliant you are. It's kind of my little test for you. And if you can do these little things, like if it's just do 10 breaths before you get up in the morning, then, okay, I can start adding more on and I can see how committed you are to your own care. Because again, like we all say, we're only the passive part of your care. I'm only with you a small fraction of your day, of your week, of your month. You as a client need to be active in your care, right? So giving yeah. them little things like that, I, that. I think people I would love that it's so true yeah yeah it's lovely so you would be probably happy to rub your belly button and the side of your leg that takes you a minute like yeah. 30, seconds, 30 seconds to feel the results that you had off your sij and the, uh, and how your your movement pattern your glute strength happened mm-hmm. i would say because 30 seconds you go yeah i can probably do that mm-hmm. absolutely right yeah <laughs> I find with a lot of my clients, what I like about this is um, it's not complicated for them at all. They don't have to think about, like, am I in the right posture, like, to do this stretch? Mm. Um, am I hurting something? Or you know what I mean? Like, everyone can figure out how to rub their own <laughs> chest vigorously to the yeah. point. You know what I mean? Because um, that's what I find. A lot of clients, they find it's, like, too complicated. Or they forget, like, which one is my quad? Which one is my hamstring? Like, what am I supposed to be feeling? Because mm-hmm. I find a lot of my clients, when I'm saying, you know, like, let's do some, like, hip flexor quad stretch, they don't even know, when I show them where they are, they're not even sure what that's even supposed to feel like, right? Like, they don't even yeah. know what a hip flexor is supposed to feel like when they stretch it. And most can't never even get to it. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, just, uh, yeah, try that out. This is what it looks like. And most of them have no idea. And if they can't feel it, then why would they keep doing it, yeah. right? So, yeah, well, my, my parents used to, um, they're both gone now. My dad died uh, nine years ago yesterday. God rest his soul. He was a lovely thing. I would come home because I'd get that. They, they knew what they had to do. I'd walk into the house and, and dad would say, your mother's doing those exercises wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'd walk into mum and say, your father's doing those exercises wrong. I go, you can't do them wrong. Yes, he's doing it with he's doing it like this and she's doing it like this. I said, they're both right. This <laughs> you just think about stimulating. All we're doing is waking something up. It doesn't matter whether you use your knuckles, your fingers, the flat of your hand, tapping. It's yeah. about waking up the nervous system. The only thing you can do too wrong is rub too deep yeah. or rub too long. So the deal is light, vigorous vigorous and and pretty much superficial so that's that's the way it works most effectively and in fact 
Uh, Fred Mitchell, who was who was involved with muscle energy techniques, he actually made comments with regards to Chapman's work, saying that that it would null and void the, the work if you work for longer than about forty seconds, anyway. So you stimulating the the spinal reflex arc, that neural arc. Yes. So if you go too long on it, you're gonna it's gonna be you wilt it again. So mm. we it's like strike while the iron's hot. And it means that you can still put all of your other techniques in. Do it beforehand. You can still massage and rub in normal effleurage and glides and NMTs or whatever you're doing. You won't um, detune it with that work because you've you've turned on the arc and it's ready to go. It's and the other thing with it that I would like to try to yeah, exactly. It's it's, it's completely yeah. different modality. And, and and your your brain is in a different paradigm. Like when you're yes. working at a neurolymphatic way, you're kind of thinking, I'm turning stuff on mm-hmm. versus I'm calming stuff down. Yeah. Yes. And they're both applicable in the treatment room. So that's Yeah, most that's people, most treatments much. need both. 100%. Yeah. 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 Mm. yeah. And 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 get strength into things because like stop smashing hamstrings and stop smashing glutes if they if if they need to be stimulated to get them on to get you upright. That's yes. what we need to be doing. Like ninety percent of your of your treatments should start supine, I think personally. And and most people like there's a lot of people that will start every single client or every single patient lying prone on the table. And then, for me, it's just it that's a relaxation massage. Yes, and that's fine if you want to do relaxation massage. But if you actually want to get some some clinical results and aha moments for your clients and patients, you've got to actually do some some tests. And get them on and off the table a few times so they go, oh my gosh, that is so much different. My back isn't hurting when I go from sit to stand. Because you want to do that within the first 10 minutes, not at 55 minutes when you get them to stand up and they go, oh, my back is still killing me. And then, because they've been you know, lying. What's, what's their experience that they're taking home from the treatment yeah. from you? If at 55 minutes they get up and they go, oh, my back, oh, but it's all right, it'll be, it'll be all right mm-hmm. when I get back in the car. Like, yeah. we don't want that. No. No, absolutely not. Well, I had a question too, because my journey is always, I have my chronic pain people in the back of my head. Has there been a lot of like clinical success and indication for this with chronic pain, either from injury or surgery that's lasted years or, or like an idiopathic onset of chronic pain? Has there been success with this, with that? Yeah. Yeah, it might take a little bit more, um, like it wouldn't be just a standalone Chapman's work. It, it would be looking at um, the, the length of time. I was actually lucky enough to do, uh, like, because I do a, a thing called Ask Me Anything once a month or whenever, like similar to what you're doing here, but but in a in a vodcast, so visual. And I had John Sharkey and um, Joanne Averson, who were my guest speakers on Tuesday, and I'll throw you the link because it was pretty damn amazing that these two guys were there. Yeah. And John Sharkey's talking, and rightly so. He said the longer the chronicity of it, so the length of time, the more you're going to be doing stuff that's fascial because the, the fascia is laying down these, these beds and beds and beds that we have to be able to work through. So I would be t- muscle strength testing. I'd be stimulating the same areas, and then I would also be coming down and doing a lot of the myofascial uh, glides and looking further down the train so for example if you've got someone who's got chronic neck pain 
and the, their poor and lateral flexion, I would be coming down and working through, he talks about the pegs, but I'd be coming down and working through the entire arm range through there, into the thumb, into finger webbing mm -hmm. and back up because I know that to get some work through the neck for chronic chronic conditions through there, I'm going to have to be looking at thorax up because of the overlays. If that neck's not functioning properly, I'm going to have other muscles that are going to contract to support it and they're fatiguing and then tertiary muscles that are contract to support it and on we go. Mm -hmm. Yes. So that's that you've got to include um, looking f much further afield. But, yes, definitely, definitely, definitely the Chapmans will help fire up both the primary and also help the secondaries and, my fa and as I said, myofascial glides. Mm -hmm. So if you do a lateral flexion, which way is tighter? God, so yours cool. going. I feel like I should look at the yeah, video so going and I'll have a better act. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which one feels tighter? Me going to the left. None to the right. Yeah, it looks tighter. Nicole, and yours is going to the right, Nicole. You actually don't look too bad either way. So so you're going to the left, Heather. I want you to come in through your fingers, find your hand for me. And, Nicole, you're going to the right, so I want you to use your no, the other hand. No. So <laughs> if you're going that way, it's the hand that's oh, going okay, away. Okay. So we're a okay, stretch, the it. stretch yes. line. So it's the opposite hand for you too, Heather. It's your stretch line. Come in and come into your finger webs and I want you to glide up through them, pull through the finger webs with your finger and thumb. So you're actually sliding up through the, each of the webs, right up through, right up between them, right up between them. They should feel really quite tender. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I treated today, so they're definitely feel, tender. <laughs> oh, okay. So... But check the other hand and tell me if it's as tender. Not even close to as tender. Yeah. Okay. So like we've just got through those fingers of the side. A couple spots are sore, but not as not as as like the whole yeah. right hand is more tender. Yeah. yeah. So now do your lateral flexion again for me. That's wild. So I'll say this: what I'm feeling. Yeah. So when I <laughs> originally tilted my head like to the right flex to the right my ear to my right shoulder I could feel like it felt like probably C3 C4 like felt out I had sharp pain like right in that area I was mm -hmm. like oh man and I'm not joking now it's not it's not there like I don't have that sharp pain at all yeah yeah just sharp pain that was right in there because I was like ooh I was literally thinking I need to go see yeah. a chiropractor about that one it's like, oh, that's crazy. Um, that's a meeting by crazy. That'll be one hundred thirty-two bucks, thanks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the no. same. If, if if you look at the video back on you, Heather, like have a look and see how far you went the yeah. first time and how far you went the second time. So we're just looking at Tom Myers' anatomy trains. We're just looking at the deep yes. the deep arm lines. So don't forget the deep arm lines. One of them attaches at the lateral bodies of the the cervical vertebra, which is also portions of where our latissimus daughter, uh, our Levator scapula are. Um, so if we start sliding along here, we're now going to get greater range because we're changing the fascial train. Yeah. So that's got nothing to do with Chapman's, but it's got stuff to do with if you've got someone who's working <laughs> in there. Yeah. Yeah. Don't we love him? Tom, it was his birthday. It was his birthday two days ago. Ah. Seventy-two, I think. 
just for our listeners i uh, i just held up the anatomy trains book i started reading it a few months ago i'm i think i just started in lateral lines i'm only on like chapter three or four it's a literal textbook that i am reading (laughs) yes yes isn't it bizarre that you kind of fall in love people sit there and say have you read any good books lately i go yeah but they're not books that you would ever want to pick up like they're our books (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) But I find that this book, I know we're getting a little off topic. If you actually sit and read the dialogue of this book, it is not written like a textbook. There is personality in the, in the textbook. Yeah. So it's long and I only give my, I sit down for half an hour and read it. And then I put it aside because it is a lot of information coming at you. and You have to go away and digest it. But like, I'm finding it easy to read because it's got the personality in there for sure. Wow. I think yeah, I've asked Yeah, he writes beautifully and talking about trains. And... Yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Paula. Yeah. So, that, no, it's good. So to answer that question, the chronic stuff is I would look at, at the neurolymphatic points which work and I'd jump into Tom, like, to assess the lines. Mm-hmm. So Tom doesn't do stuff down on the fingers. That's that's something that I've, I've got a, a patient of mine who's got mixed connective tissue disorder and I've had him for a few years and I just play because I've done stuff with him for so long and we kind of just went, oh, my God, what, what I'll do with these with this hand because they're so tight and then we just reassessed it. He was like, oh, my God. So then we kind of went up through forearm flexors and then into the biceps, you know, the brachialis and 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 up through. And I'm, I'm always into pecs for necks anyway. Pecs and necks. You know, <laughs> yeah. That should just be a link. Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> so I do have a question and it's not like anything too specific, but would you say that Chapman's – technique like does it fit best in conjunction with another modality or is it like I, you can obviously do it like totally on its own but um have you found like in um, teaching it and all of that that it's it works really well mostly with other things or how would you how would you go about that yeah so when a patient comes to see me i'll take their assessment i'll do the chapman's work but i'll also do a lot of muscle energy techniques i love looking at lumbar rotations mets i love looking at thoracic rotations mets i love anything that that is an imbalance um, and it does really well with myofascial glides or active glides so i might have somebody sitting like sitting in the on their table draped from chest down but i'll get them to do rotations while i'm gliding along through the muscles so that that we're actually forced, they're forcing contraction to, to uh, of the agonist so that I can actually address the antagonist. And, and it, it, though, those three different works, plus adding some stretching, but not muscle stretching so much as, as capsule joint stretching, so getting into the deeper joints, the hip joints, the grimly obturators, and, and right into capsules. And then, like, say, capsule stretching for the shoulder, but, like, where we're actually distracting and then adducting and allowing for stretching through the posterior or just stretching and rotations for the arms to get into the anterior and allowing capsule space Um, because I think that we get very jammed up jointy and we tend to just think about the muscles, but we should be really more thinking about the shoulders. And, And if you... Talk to John Sharkey. He doesn't like the word stretch anyway since it's actually not the right terminology because it's not stretching. If we do a hamstring length, if you lean forward, you're actually forcing the hamstring to isometrically contract. So it's not a stretch at all. Mm-hmm. So I think more about distraction into the joint to allow space. 
allowing elongation of, of muscles by contracting the opposite muscle group. And they work beautifully with the Chapmans. So nervous system, joints, joint capsules, and then active glides would be what I do. Well, I agree with that. I feel so many people are collapsed into their joints. Even as me sitting here right now, I'm leaning forward onto my joints and stuff, which is um, why I'm always promoting things like yoga with my clients because you're you're kind of trying to take up space in the room and expand these joints and ex- use the breath to help expand these joints and everything. Um, so I really resonate with what you're saying in treatments. I'm always wanting to like distract that arm and like pull it over here and pull it over there and these like non-traditional stretch quote-unquote stretching mechanical things I'm kind of like okay I'm bringing you through here and oh I'm seeing that like there's tissue stretch and it's in this weird position but clearly there's some fascial involvement in there and like you said it's more than just lengthening the muscle absolutely yeah. So when you put the arm into that position, you feel that restriction from that position. I would then I would hold them in that state mm-hmm. so it's passive, so they completely relax into my arm, mm-hmm. and then I get them to gently try to contract in at that joint. So they they're manually trying to draw in right. for ten seconds and then relax, and then I'll add more distraction. So putting putting them into those ranges, and and if I'm looking at facial apprehension, going okay, so you're in a safe space with me right now. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about what happened to the shoulder? Can you remember anything that happened earlier than, oh, yes, I do remember I, when I was six, I fell off a chair and I landed, da 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 and I was, I was, it was terrible because my grandmother told me not to get on the chair and I'd done the wrong thing and I felt bad. Like, so then we go into the you're safe here, you can let all that stuff go right now because I'm pretty sure Granny didn't give a fat rat's ass about it. Like you know, <laughs> yeah. it was, it was over in the blink of a heartbeat for her. But you've held that on to the tissue for, you know, 25 years, so and then we we try to get them into into get them into those spaces, make them feel comfortable, get some contraction in there, so make the muscles talk and work together, and then then help them through that journey. But that's not, nothing to do with Chapman's either. That's just <laughs> talking about being old dogs doing old tricks. <laughs> no, I'm good. I, I'm really intrigued. I love this. <laughs> this is good. Did you have anything else, Paula, that you think we missed or didn't touch on that you wanted to let our listeners know about? Um, uh, the only thing, just just to, to be able to plug the fact that I'm out there for you guys, there's two things that I've got. One is the... It's really hard to get virtual courses that are virtual live actual happening. So I've got the virtual the live virtual courses on record, which means they're five three hour modules. So you can actually you can actually do the the, the modules that incorporate not only the Chapman's but also some low load muscle activation and the stretches and yeah you know, all those other little bits and pieces I was talking about. And they're very accessible and easy to get onto. Um. I was over in, in I was lucky enough to go from, from Vancouver across to Toronto over a month and went and stopped in and did five different places, including um, presented for the NHPC in Red Deer. That was three years ago now. So I can't see me getting back to to out of Australia for a while until everyone's, everyone's herd immunity at least. Yeah. Um, so I'm not going to be face-to-facing, but there's, self-paced online course options as well so there's plenty of stuff out there 
-hmm. And I've also got what I call my passion project. I've also got a monthly membership that is that if you're interested in any information, I can just happily send it. There's no, no, you know, you have to buy type of stuff in here. Um, but it's a monthly membership that you get fortnightly newsletters that are all all really in corporate in, in health and ways that we can look after our clients and our patients better and ways how to help ourselves with some mentoring. It's a, it's a huge, strong Facebook uh, private group where there's daily podcasts and podcasts and, and information from experts like Eric Dalton and, and um, Whitney and, you know, that, like, as I said, that interview with John Sharkey and stuff from, from Paul Buffell and, like, miles and miles and miles of wonderful content and a resource where you guys can feel safe and that you can contact me anytime. And, you know, we do twice a month I do ask me anything like zoom meetings so it's it's a, a way for therapists to feel i'm just struggling a little bit can you just give me a hand with something here or mm-hmm. hey guys i've got a, a client who's got this ankle that i cannot work out what's going can somebody what are you guys doing so it's a really strong collaborative nurturing um group and that's that's i've had that running for about 12 months now and, and it's a really strong family we all love each other it's like it's like it's a real hoot. <laughs> it's fun. Well, that's great. So we need that's around of... as well if you want. Perfect. Yeah, yeah we need more of I that so. in our, I think, our industry a lot. Um, we're trying to do that as well in our areas. Just create a community more that's more of a nurturing, um, not like very judgmental, just like we all realize we have different strengths and whatnot and different perspectives mm. and to respect that with each other. And as long as our patients are safe, um, and happy with their treatments that that's fine but we need more collaborative of like oh, I'm just stuck with this one person I've tried all these techniques and nothing I can't seem to get forward yeah. like does anybody else have another perspective or experience with this we need more of that in our health world in general no matter what country yes. you live in <laughs> yes yeah totally yeah well the Chapman's reflex support group which is the one that if anyone buys a Chapman's book or or you know the course that that's automatically there um and and they're really active in that group too they'll they'll always be there's people in there that are always helping back and forth and the other group which is the one I'm talking about the membership group I've got um we we're probably a little bit deeper into it because it's it's not just talking about the Chapman's work it's talking about you know it can be anything from from spinal reflex setting to someone falling down to someone saying I had a patient uh, one of my patients she's I can't do any work on her chest because her husband used to attack her and come in behind her and broke like seven of her ribs and and then we're we're working on how to support her through some of the things that we had our experiences so it's 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 a lovely it's it's a lovely space I'm really proud of the people that are in there so and like I, I'm in there all the time because I'm just going, is everyone okay? Mm-hmm. It's Monday. What did you do over the weekend? Oh, what was your big high? That's lovely. That's so great. Well, we'll be sure to get all that information from you um, and link it all in our description box and we'll have yes. it on our um, social medias and everything as well so people can find you if they want to learn any more. I'm probably going to be diving into this a little bit more and learning more about it because, again, it's – um, like you had said at the beginning, there, it's hard to find the research. Um, and it is a fairly young mm. technique um, compared to a lot of the other ones mm. that we use. Um, so yeah. I'm sure more research is going to come out on it. But uh, 
least from what you're saying, it sounds like it's it's a low risk of any adverse reaction for clients. So it's kind of like a, a more safe conservative treatment to you. So yeah, that's great. So excited. Thanks, Paula, for joining yeah. us. Thank you for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. I love talking with um, Canadians because you guys are A, close to Aussies in our behaviour and B, just generous of just you. Yeah, you're, you're the, the best of the best of the planet, I always say. Oh, thanks. We feel the same for you, Aussies. We have lots of Aussie yes. love. Absolutely, for sure. <laughs> well, before, before we wrap up, we'll just um, – we like to touch base on what we've been drinking through this podcast. You did mention you've been drinking a nice espresso, you said? Ice long black. So okay. it's crushed ice. And then we've got, I've got my own coffee machine here um, with beautiful pods from, from Italy. A friend of mine has a company there. Um, so one and a half shots with uh, ice water. Oh, wonderful. There you go. Good start to the day. Delicious. Sounds like something I need. Being with, uh, my eight-month-old and three-year-old, it sounds like. Yeah. A good That's what you'll camp. be making tomorrow morning, won't it be? Definitely. <laughs> Absolutely. So what are you been drinking, Nicole? I actually have something new. Ooh. Yeah. Um, I know. You're like, what is it? Um, it's actually Tetley Tea, but they came up with something called Cold Infusion. Oh. So it is literally um, like pre-made cold iced like tea. A cold so brew. it's just yeah, cold brew. So it's in like little tea packets, and then you put it in cold ice water and let it infuse for ten minutes, and then it makes just yummy cold tea. Yeah, instead of having to like boil it, then let it get cool and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Um, I'm a cold tea enthusiast. Yep. Sometimes I like to mix it with wine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, but yeah, no, this one is like watermelon strawberry and it tastes exactly like that. It smells delicious. So awesome. you're doing this again. <laughs> Perfect. I haven't even tried those, so I probably will. I have been drinking my Tazo um, tea. It's called Zen. And so it's like a lemongrass it's a green tea with like lemongrass and like I think peppermint and stuff in it. It's a really good bedtime tea. I think I've talked about it before that the first time I drank this, I think I had three sips and within five minutes I was asleep on the couch. Yeah, I'm surprised you're okay. I know. <laughs> I'll, I'll admit it. it's it's getting close to my bedtime. <laughs> so I'm an early to bed person, but that's great. No, I appreciate uh you making time for us on your uh, Saturday morning, Paula. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah, thank you for talking yeah. with us. This was amazing. So again, we'll... we plan to, absolutely plan to. It is a beautiful day, as I said. So. Perfect. Amazing. We'll put everything of Paula's down below. If uh, you have any more questions, you feel free to reach out to us um, through our email or on our Instagram, the period MTE. And we'll see you on the next one.